following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. In life, some people trip and some fall, but some take that trip and make a beautiful dance out of that shit. Thanks for joining us for another week of Get In Loser. We're starting a podcast. I am your host, L. Chupington, and I have my boys with me. Yo, it's your boy Cheetah. It's your boy, Big Sexy Chopinator. <laughs> this dude, Chopinator. Chopinator. What's up, fellas? How we doing? How we doing? How you doing? Hey, how you doing? I wish I would. I wish you guys would like put it in the memo for each week that we're gonna do some like big elaborate intros. I always, I'm always the last one to get the thing, and I, you know, I can't think on my feet, man. Dude, it's right off the cuff, man. Get get with it. Keep up the speed, man. Yo, that came right right here, man. That's that Carnegie shit. Yeah, that's sad, kicking man. in, dog. It's cool, man. It's, you know, I'm not sad or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever. It's okay. How's the week going for the, for you fellas? Business as usual or what? Oh, you know. You know, can is on fire again. Again. Fuck, man. What a time. What yo, a time to be alive. Yo, um, I was talking to somebody, but they didn't want to believe me. Left Canada is actually covering something up. There's absolutely something fucking sketchy going on. There, like, California, we know their shit's on fire. Because they're trying to eliminate California, but... I don't trust shit anymore, dude. COVID really fucked me up. I got post-traumatic COVID disorder, I think. I don't trust nothing, dude. Well, you know what I mean? Man, I don't I don't trust uh, Cheetah's ugly mug over there. But. Yeah, well, I never trusted that, dude. Wow. <laughs> I'm really feeling the love. <laughs> Thanks a lot. So now this means we're going to fucking be waking up in haze and shit. Fucking not, not breathing the, in smoke. Not the good haze. I'm talking Not about. that good purple haze. No, nah, not, the, not the good, good shit. How do you think I feel? I got fucking asthma. Every day is a fight for my life. Stop <laughs> <laughs> so, hitting grandpa's bone. <laughs> <laughs> the water bone. Remember back in the day I used to make those gravity bongs? Yes. Fucking... <laughs> Yeah, you, <laughs> you remember back in the day you made um, the fish? No, we made it uh, when we first smoked ever. First, we smoked joints. Like, man, just your head. We fucking just, hey, you got a little point? Yeah, man, let's make a fucking quick pipe. <laughs> out of what? We made out of aluminum foil. Oh, shit. Those were like OGs that. one done right there, dude. I Are thought you were about to bring up like one of his like. One of his big creations, like the fish, man. That might have been one of his best ever, right? There. Kiss the fish. Wait, wait, explain what's the kiss. At, so any other normal man is going to see a Find a Nemo toy in a cereal box as just as, as, as a toy. My man Choop here, nah, he saw a vision with that thing. Life gives you lemons, man. You make a fucking bowl out that bitch. 
Yeah, so it was a Finding Nemo uh, little bubbler thing that they put in cereal boxes. There's like a straw on it. And if you put the, if you put Nemo in the water and blow, it'd blow bubbles. So obviously it made a perfect fucking bowl. But we were also inhaling plastic for about yeah. six months. So. Probably. That's all right. It hey, was man. worth it. We're tougher for it. You know? I don't know. You'd rather hell inhale plastic or aluminum foil. That's true. Neither are fucking good for you, I'm sure. But that's why we're so tough, and that's why uh, Gen Z is so not. Yeah, I, I, I really drink from the water hose. Oh, yeah, from the water hose? Keep that fucking uh, immune system working? Fuck yeah, dude. But but the general rule is for when you drink from the hose, you don't take the first five seconds. Because you got to leave the, either the shit. Yes, you know. The junk or because it's too damn hot. You try to put Let that shit circulate a little. <laughs> right, for sure. See, see, cheat, cheat over there. Why do you keep saying who's? It's pronounced hose. It's who's. Not who's. <laughs> it's who's. It's hose. Who's. You know who told me? You know, nuts. Hey, you know who kind of taught me that way? Willie from The Simpsons. Hey, keep me the hoods over there. Fucking Willie, dude. Yes. That that was Chop's babysitters back in the day, man. His parents would be like, listen, you're too much for us. Sit down in front of this TV and shut the hell up. That's why all of his references either come from The Simpsons or Family Guy. No, I never really use The Simpsons reference. I just more Family Guy. And that's a hell of a reference. That's a that's an OG character right there. Dude, Willie the Groundskeeper, man. Fucking legend, I used to have nightmares dude. about that guy. Legend, dude. Every time I don't, every time I let my grass grow out a little too much, dude, I always say Willie <laughs> would be disappointed in me. <laughs> How about fucking Principal Skinner, dude? Principal Skana. And Mrs. Crabapple. Mrs. Crabapple. Mrs. Crabapple. Miss Crab- Crabapple died in real life. That's crazy. She can't die in real life because she ain't real life, dude. No, I'm talking about the voice actor. Voice actor? Oh, shit. Voice actor. She di- that's why you don't see her on the show. Oh, Miss sure. fucking Kerbopple, man. Surprised they didn't just replace her. That's what a name. pretty nuts. But Probably then, uh, just to honor her. Then um, Ned Flanders is a, is, a, is a fucking willow weeper. What's the name of that oh, lady shit. from uh, fucking uh, South Park, the teacher whose tits go down her feet? Miss Chokes on Dicks. <laughs> yes, yeah, what a classic! What was uh, the name before? Um, before the transition of what? The teacher. Oh no, that was Mr. Garrison. Yeah, Mr. Garrison. Right. Now it's Mrs. Garrison. Yeah, she, no, it's not. It's not, Mrs. Gar- not Mrs. Garrison. Garrison was President Garrison. He played that. He his role was Trump. And what the fuck? Yeah, you got watch. Yeah, you got, got watch. It got, got very strange. It got very quickly. <laughs> but but thing with South, South Park, they they're up to date with their fucking media shit. Oh hell yeah, they I, are, dude. I just can't wait for I can't wait for what they're gonna do about this Hollywood strike because you know they're gonna go hard on that one. Oh for sure they are. I should check that out. I, f- I always forget about South Park. Um, I don't know if you guys heard, but fucking. They raided a house in connection with the Tupac murder. Oh, yeah. I was just reading something about that before we got here, before we came here. That's pretty wild. No arrests made, but we all know who it was. I mean, come on. Suge Knight. It was Suge Knight. That or something more nefarious was going on. Maybe it was the government. Dude, it really could have been, the government had him killed. Really could have been, man. Mm, Man, it was Suge Knight. Never know. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me either. 
Uh, Las Vegas police raided a home in connection with Tupac's 1996 murder. Why is it happening now? 27 years after Tupac's crew was gunned down drive-by shooting in the Vegas Strip, police have executed a search warrant in connection with the rapper's unsolved murder. The Metropolitan Police Department said it had raided a property in Henderson, Nevada, a city 15 miles southeast of the gambling mecca, on Monday, 17th July, as part of an ongoing investigation. Huh. I'd like to see how that plays out. Interesting. You ever heard the um, ex-LA uh, detective... Who said that he solved it? Yeah, didn't they make a movie about that? Yeah, I think they did, yeah. Wasn't Johnny Depp in it, I think? Really? I think so. I'd like to I'm see it, sure. though. Pretty, pretty sure. I think we're telling the same story. one, I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> yeah, it's very interesting, though. Like you said, why, you know, why it's happening now, all of a sudden. Very strange. Other strange occurrence. Have you guys noticed all the fucking UFO videos that's been popping up lately? Mm-hmm. There was two on a plane. One was obviously CGI, but did you see the other one on the plane where the UFO whips by? No, I didn't see Oh, that. dude, you should check that out. They were saying it's the most compelling evidence of UFOs. I was seeing uh, I was seeing on, at work the other day on the news. They had a story going on about uh, that they're doing something. They're looking and they're uh, taking a look back into the JFK assassination again. You know, because during... Uh, the pandemic, all those files were put out that said the CIA had a hand in it. Right. So now I guess they're Man, reinvestigating I knew the motherfucking government wanted to take out Kennedy. For sure he did. He started coming after uh, the, the Federal Reserve and uh, breaking up the mob and shit. He's fucking with a lot of people's money, dude. Yo, also, not to get too deep into politics, but... Uh, Shout out to that one lady who I can't fucking stand, but sometimes she does some boss shit. That anyways, that uh, oh wait, I've surprised that Marjorie Taylor to... Green. She annoys oh, the fuck yeah, out of yeah, me. Sometimes yeah, she does some boss shit. I guess they're uh, they're having annoying. like court proceedings right now. They're talking about Hunter Biden, and she started showing photos of like photos that he posts on social media of like him hanging out with hookers and shit, yeah. with his dick hanging out and shit. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we shouldn't be showing those in here. And I guess she said something along the lines of, oh, but it's okay to have drag shows at elementary schools. Yes. So, yeah. Good for hey, her man. boss status. You got a point. You got a point. <sighs> uh, real quick, though, before we jump into uh, our, okay. our episode this week, I want to tell you guys about something pretty funny that I stumbled across <laughs> on the old TikTok. Oh, uh, well, I, I knew she was coming out the closet. We, we were on Are you ever going to come up with any new jokes ever? <laughs> yeah, I'm coming with new jokes. You're like Carlos Mencia. You just keep stealing people's shit. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> trying to get famous <laughs> off it. Damn, you got a lot of Mencia, you bro. Hey, I'm holding my chamber in right now, man. <laughs> Let it go, dude. Fuck, what's stopping you? I can't. Holding my chamber in, he says. No, no, it's, it's another chamber. <laughs> oh, God, dude. We literally had a whole conversation we before definitely the episode did. started. And he couldn't even last 20 minutes in the episode without bringing it up. Couldn't last five. We were like, what, six minutes in? Yeah, we were like 10 minutes in. <laughs> no, but... This um, fucking guy, man. Man, worst mistake on a warm day, do not eat dairy. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, anyways. Yeah, but anyways. So, uh... But yeah, it, that fucking... How about that chick on the airplane a couple weeks ago? Did you see that video, right? Yeah, what the, hell, what the hell is that about? Is she a chick? Is she a guy? 
Yep. What? She's, she's clearly a she's chick. She's definitely dude. a chick. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? But what the hell is going on? She 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 was she did that good. guy is not real. She had like a panic attack or something, saying that the person that was back the plane wasn't real or something. Dude, I and they think people are saying some people are saying it's like a brainwash, you know, thing. Other people Bro, are saying what if that she's seen know, a fucking reptilian. Maybe, dude. All I know is there's a corner of Twitter right now. That finds her so attractive that they're trying to find her because they're all in love with her now. Oh, my God. So, you know, just remember, there's always that little creepy part of Twitter that's always going to be there. Just remember all to go outside and touch grass every once in a yes. while, folks. Uh, real quick, I want to talk about this guy that I follow on Twi- on uh, TikTok. His TikTok name is BAP.cat. And it's this guy plays cards against humanity with his cat, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> he'll lay out the cards, and then he'll just let his cat choose one after he reads the question card. And some of the fucking results are the funniest shit ever. Like uh, I got a video right here right now where it's uh, just play it. The question I can't. You get, it's a small clip. No, yeah, no, you still copyright. No, it's listen, man. Do you know what fair use is? As long as you're talking over the clip and adding something to it, it's fair use. Well, you can't... Well, it's not really anything talking, really. It's just... You know what I mean? But... I don't think we'd get in trouble, but continue. He holds up the card, and the card is, What's big, sweaty, and fantastic? And then he has the cat choose one. Choose another card on the ground. And the one the cat chose was teenage pregnancy. (laughs) So it's always... You know what I mean? The fucking answers are always hilarious. Like, oh, he's got one now. My favorite rapper is Little Blank. And the cat says, anal. <laughs> and it's always hilarious because he always puts these little fucking glasses on the cat. So it looks like the cat's just fucking chilling. And it's the fucking funniest Is thing it ever. A filter? No, he oh, actually puts actual little glasses, glasses on yeah, It's looking it. down. I couldn't really uh, see it. <laughs> That's where you fire. Yeah. How about this guy going viral for fucking rolling the glass jars down his stairs? Oh, yeah, I love watching those videos. So this dude's going viral as fuck for that shit. Now there's copycats popping up. Now there's a guy that's got, like, a ramp in his backyard, and he rolls, like, a cannonball down the ramp and knocks the bot. <laughs> Dude, it's the fucking weirdest shit people go viral for. I don't understand. And people are like, oh, you watched the original. It's so, like, peaceful. And I've watched them, and I'm like... It's pretty fucking stupid. It's like the fucking ASMR shit. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, it's so... You gotta just really listen. I really listen. It was fucking boring. People are so weird. <laughs> yeah, but there is these guys that are uh, on TikTok. They do, like, little skits. They're called uh, That's a Bad Idea, I think, is their TikTok page. They got an Instagram page, too. One of the guys is actually just on uh, one of the new episodes of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Sick. They do, like, little skits and shit, and it's fucking hilarious. They kind of remind me of that... Uh, <clears throat> They remind me a lot of that Tim Robinson guy from Netflix that I think you should leave guy. Mm, yep. Yeah, he does like the 10-minute skit and shit. Yeah, they're fucking hilarious. Nice. But yeah, I don't understand these people that go viral for the weird, the fucking dumbest shit. Yeah, man. It's, it's like the people like... that do the fucking TikTok dances. Like, you're all doing the same exact dance. How is it this popular? It's so crazy. If you got like an idea, dude, just go for it, man. You, you know, some of these things are so stupid, but it just works. You never mm-hmm. know what's going to work, what people get, get into. It's fucking mm-hmm. pretty, pretty wild. Oh, fuck. I broke my own car in a rule. What? I forgot to size my device. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm over here like, why the fuck is my Snapchat notification going on? <laughs> it's his boyfriend. I'll fuck you up, Jay. I'll fuck you up, I say. <laughs> 
You worry about us getting can- getting fucking canceled for playing a video, but then you're using fucking slurs like he's a fucking cholo or something over here. Yo, did you know that Jap? There's a like a subculture of fucking uh, cholos in Japan. Oh yeah, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> it's fucking, it's hilarious, dude. There's like, dude, there's people in the world like straight white people, like born the whitest of white. Who believe fully in their hearts that they're black. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That they're like a black man stuck in a white man's body. And there, ch- there's this dude on uh, YouTube. He's a fucking crip from L.A. His name's Milk74. Of course it is. He's a white dude, and uh, he's a like rolling 60s crip. He was raised by a black mom and shit. It's fucking it's pretty wild. But he's all like into the gang politics and shit. It's <laughs> It's fucking yeah. weird, man, to see, like, a middle-aged dude. Mm-hmm. Into the streets. Well, any hooser. Well, any hooser. We well, I guess we could hop into this, uh... Is that what you guess? We got, we got, got a pretty good episode this week, you know, talking about somebody that a lot of people know. A fucking living legend, dude. Uh-huh. This guy's, like, responsible for... I know I always say this, but this dude's like my childhood, man. I know it's yours too. Pretty much. Oh yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. You're speaking of the guy, he just looks like you. <laughs> you guys do look eerily similar. You know what's bit. funny is that if he like grew a beard like yours, dude, he you guys kinda look like twins. So yeah, we're doing Bobby Light himself, Mr. Fucking Rob Deerduck. Yeah, dude, the fucking um, dirty girl lifestyle over here. Dirty or Bobby Light's gonna do you right. Dirty girl. She's a dirty girl. You a dirty girl. <laughs> what's funny that you say that about me looking like him is uh I used to work at a place. I worked there for like five years, and I had, uh, you know, Ishmael, family friend. Right? I heard yeah, about Ishmael. Yeah, yeah my uh, buddy Ishmael. Me and him were like real, real close and shit. So everyone called us fucking Robin Big. So oh, that's pretty, funny. Pretty sick. <clears throat> Yo, before we dip in, uh, I got these uh, corn nuts, oh, mango habanero. That sounds pretty fire. <laughs> Yeah, the, I thought you only like your nuts on your chin. <laughs> oh, oh, like this? <laughs> oh. Hey, but, <laughs> Let me but try burn! To share the love if you're going to talk about them bitches, bro. We both pop in at the same time. like. So so this man... Ready? Yep. Oh. Ooh. A little heat there. Oh, yeah. There's something happening. <laughs> mm. My man Rob Deerdeck, dude. Skateboarder, clothing designer, shoe designer, businessman, TV personality, owner of Street League, this, owner of the Fancy Factory. This guy was like, when we were coming up, this guy was like, I feel like for a lot of people, this was like our introduction to like what an entrepreneur is. It's this guy right here. Because <clears throat> he had a fucking hand in literally everything. And how he, how he fucking elevated skateboarder, man, it's like... Incredible, dude. He was after Bam, but he was in that same vein. And what's crazy is, like, Rob is not, like... He is a very good skateboarder, don't get me wrong. Obviously, he deserves to be pro. But, but he, he is pro. Really, dude? <laughs> Wait, is he? Yeah. <laughs> Let me finish what I'm saying, dog. He's not the best technical or, like, sickest skateboarder you'll ever see. But what he did for the sport and uh, the brands he brought up, it's 
he's left his mark on skateboarding forever and continue to evolve the sport in America. And he's a he's a fucking genius too, because you know I mean he broke into the Very scene genius. by skateboarding and then was like you know got to the point where he's like okay I gotta my name's out there enough that like now I could take a, I could fall back from skateboarding and just fucking build everything from there. Right. And that's exactly what he did. And then the Rob Deerdeck Foundation, which is building skate parks to this day. Street League, which gave guys an opportunity to take this thing and really turn it into, like, something that can make money for your families. And really, uh, I think Street League propelled skateboarding into getting into the Olympics. Without Street League, I don't think it would have happened very that well quickly. Could have been, honestly. Yo, guess who was the first, um, first noble um, professional skater that uh, Rob Deere discovered? Mr. Najee Harris. <laughs> Najee Harris, huh? <laughs> oh, because without Rob Deerdeck, you won't have Najee Harris. You won't have uh, Arto Santel, so you don't have none. Of that. <laughs> Dude, you know, I, you're right about what you're saying. Now you're just butchering the names. That's okay, all. fucking tag me in. Tag me in. You can tag if you know how to say his names. Just say them. Najee Houston. Houston. Where the fuck did you get Hills? What'd you say? He said Naraya Hilson or something. <laughs> How'd you get that from No, me? I said Nai Naji. Naji Harris. Harris was How'd you get fucking Harris from Houston? <laughs> like, uh, I'm not looking at I'm just looking at Blake Screen over here. Y'all. I couldn't even fucking tell you were saying for a second. I'm like, who the fuck is Naji Houston Harris? Dude? Yo, what the fuck? Yo, those those nuts are fucking oh, I'm shit they're hot, dude. Yo I'm not eating them right now because why are you? Yeah, them shits I have your brow sweating, bro. Man. My... Yeah, but yeah, um, I was saying, uh, Nigel. Okay, at least I got his first name right. <laughs> oh, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't. Nigel. But go ahead, man. Nigel. 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 <laughs> Whatever. Houston. Um, <laughs> yeah, without Deer Deck doing his street league competition, you will never see the likes of those players. I feel like. I feel like when Nigel Houston was coming up, you know, we could thank Rob for that. But I feel like the kind of person he is now, I feel like I would kind of wish we could go back and make him not a professional. Because now he's like kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, he's always come kind of been a you little know, arrogant uh, shit to me. Yeah, you know, did Rob Deerdeck discovered uh, Ryan Scutler? Shuttler? Um, I don't know. If he I don't. I think Ryan Scutler was pretty much making a name around the time that Rob Deerdeck was. All right, so um, what, what do you think? I'll get into a little be- brief biog- biography real yeah, quick, and then we'll let's hear about nah. let's hear about Mister Diedrich. Diedrich. Did you really do everything kind? Oh yeah. Also, the guy's got a fucking day, <laughs> literally in his hometown. There's a deer deck day. So how sick is that, dude? It's probably June twenty eighth. Imagine if we had a fucking foul day, just in Niagara Falls, the foul day. That'd be yeah. sick as fuck. Yeah. Well, who's going to tell you guys? Is? <laughs> Bitch, you would be there. Shit, You'd be there fucking front row with a fucking big t-shirt on our face. I love you guys. I'm your biggest fan. Double fisting glizzies. <laughs> hey, if you, <laughs> if you did offer the fucking hot dog glizzies, I'm gone. I'm coming. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you know hot dogs shorten your life. Give a fuck. The amount of hot dogs you eat. What? Eating lips and assholes wasn't good for you, dude? <laughs> um... Damn, I just got sidetracked. I was just thinking of a video. You were talking about his, his early yeah, yeah. comments. Oh, yeah, yeah. So my man, uh, Deerdeck, bro. Oh, yeah, I just wanted to say, too. 
Brian's this man's fucking brought up and, and been influential in Alien Workshop, DC Shoes, Drawers. Uh, what else? There's uh, a ton of other stuff. Yo, you know what? Uh, up. Yo, you know DC Shoes and Deer Deck Parways? Yeah, I heard that. What the fuck? No more DCs for us. Mm, mm, mm. Like you I bought a pair of DCs in the past 10 Matt, years. Matt, Matt. Is CCS still a thing, I wonder? Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I should get those again. But, um... I used to love getting those and looking at all the shit I couldn't afford. Me too. That shit was fire. Yeah, but, like, back in, yeah, back in the night, yeah, you could look at it, but now they only come out twice a year now. Yeah, you were telling me that. I think we were talking about this before. All right, my man Deerdeck, born Kettering, Ohio, June 28th, 1974. Ah, he's old as fuck. He's a cancer. He is a cancer. Uh, while raised in the suburbs of Columbus, Ohio, he discovered his passion for skateboarding at a young age. His skill led him to participate in local skateboarding contests at 12 years old. Deerdeck's passion for the sport drove him to make the big move and move to California in the early 90s. In a short time in California, he was recognized for his skill and unique style on the board. Which is very true. He does have a very unique style. Every time you see him skate, you could tell it's him. He's got his like go-to tricks, too. Like that Nolly 5-0, uh, pop-shove-it-front crook. Half cab, half cab something, I can't remember, but it's like his go-to special tricks that you've only seen him doing, you know. Um, so his unique style led to sponsorships, making him a sponsored skateboarder for many skateboard brands. While given his passion enough time, Deerdeck also juggled the business along with it. His entrepreneurial spirit was such that he started his own company at 16 years old called Alien Workshop. Which Alien Workshop, dude, I remember back in the day, oh, they always had the sickest fucking graphics. Hell yeah, dude. As like an idea for a brand, that is like the sickest, sickest one I can think of. Yeah, Alien Workshop, dude, they're, even their like, their boards and shit were always fucking so cool, dude. I used to love seeing their shit. Even just the name alone is so fire. Hell yeah. It could be a band name, anything, dude. Alien Workshop, it's just, that's just fire, dude. Uh, so this was a hit and became popular in the community. Following suit, Deerdeck founded several other companies, including the Street League Skateboarding Competition Series in 2010. Uh, in 2006, Deerdeck began expanding his horizons. Alongside his best friend, Christopher, Big Black Boykin, started an MTV show titled Robin Big. Oh, dude. I'm going to say something right now that might be controversial for some people, but I stand by it. I think Robin Big's the best show MTV ever did. Next to, like, Fantasy Factory. Probably. What? Are you talking about Slim? I think are Fantasy you... Factory and Robin Big are up there for, like, some of the best shows MTV ever did. Yo, I'm looking at some of the other ones. Robin Big was fucking huge when it first aired, dude. Shit was big as hell. Everyone loved Robin Big. For sure. What were you saying? I'm looking at some of the Alien Workshop boards. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. The graphics were sweet as fuck, I'm not looking at the old ones. I'm looking at the new recent ones. These shits are still kind of fire. I bet. But because um, I represent Sam Cruz, uh, I, I, I can fuck with Alien Workshop. You don't this represent anything. He shut, acts like he's sponsored by him or something. Shut, shut your whole head up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here. You, you're, crushing little, you're crushing little chop streams over here. <laughs> 
All right, so the uh, t- the show followed the two friends as they went about their daily lives and quickly became a hit with viewers. The show was fucking fire, dude. Dude, and it the came best. it came on like at like three thirty or four o'clock. So I remember I'd like get home from school and pop that bitch right on, dude. Dude, it was great, dude. I mean, not only not only was watching Rob and Big fucking like the way they interacted was great, dude. Dude, their fucking theme song was catchy as shit, dude. Dude, the fucking opening credits, dude. Literally, the opening credits when they when you literally see Big Black fighting off a security guard, <laughs> convincing him to let Rob do a trick, and he's like, "Hit it up, Rob!" <laughs> fucking iconic, dude. Iconic. Dude, fucking dope as fuck, bro. Yo, he'd roll up the spots, and fucking Big would just straight up security, fucking <laughs> security. He would literally awesome. just come in and fucking hit him with his belly, dude. Knock him over. Amazing. Fucking bro. iconic, dude. Ah, uh, so, so. Uh, um, so yeah, it came, became a hit. Uh, the show ran for three seasons, which I was a little surprised by. I thought it was a little more than it that. It definitely felt like it was longer than three seasons. Uh, and they oh, they replayed those fucking things for oh, years dude. to come, dude. Yeah. Um, so he obviously became a pop culture icon. The man became bigger than... He wasn't a pro skateboarder anymore at this point. He was a fucking... Pop culture fucking G. Oh, yeah. Every, household name. Huge. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. huge. Everybody knew him from something. That's so, what I think. My bad, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think that's like one of the coolest things about like guys like Rob Deerdeck. Is it like, you know what I mean? Because everybody's going to know him from something different. You know what I mean? Like, you're yes. going to know people who know him just from Robin Big, other people who know him from like his skating, uh, other guys that know him from like the fucking Street Dreams movie, which was fucking huge when it first, you know what I mean? Street like when Dreams. it first became yes, a thing. Dude. Which, by the way, Rob funded that movie by, you know what I mean? He f- and he said he'd only made like $17 on that entire movie, <laughs> funding that movie to get it made. But, I think you know he wrote I mean? it too, didn't he? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And it was cool because, like, you know what I mean? People could come together to talk about Rob Deerdeck, and everybody was like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I know him from Rob and Big. Oh, well, I know him. From, like, his, he's coming up and, like, skating and shit, dude. And it was just fucking... Right. He was, like, a pop culture phenom, basically. Yeah, he brought a lot of... Um, every brand he worked with, he brought a lot of value. And, like you said, he was always fucking evolving and constantly working on something new. That's... This guy's got a crazy work ethic. You could tell from the fruits of... Yeah. And, and he's... Uh, <clears throat> and, like, not only that, but, like, I think a lot of the reason why a lot of, like, our generation loved him so much is because of the fucking just insane shit that he would do you know what i mean like dude literally in one up ep- in one of the episodes of robin big they literally go and buy a fucking mini horse like yeah. this dude was living the dream that we all wanted to live yeah he was just fucking like he was just a big ass kid dude yeah, we right just, exactly we're like yo that's what we want to fucking do like this dude's doing the shit that we want to do right now yeah like going and competing in chicken wing contests and then stealing the trophy from the real winner like oh, come on bro doing whatever the fuck he do literally to anything do. they wanted bro dude. they went to that sacred geometry guy and he got the sacred geometry on his on the deck made and shit. I remember that, dude. He, uh, then he fucking... Uh, then there was when they shot drama with the fucking net gun. Yes, dude. <laughs> fucking... Like, poor drama, dude. That guy got drama put through the fucking so ringer, up, dude. dude. He got <laughs> put through the ringer, that poor kid, dude. Yo, and then the time traveler episode... <laughs> When they put their fucking fingers on a thing, they just kept circling it. <laughs> Remember big fucking dress up? <laughs> he got a big fucking afro wig and shit. <laughs> he was always wearing that fucking Dude, thing. He was so excited to go back, man. I see another episode where he's Black Lavender, the fucking stripper. Yeah, dude. This motherfucking Rob 
pulls his shoes off, takes his socks right off, and big stuffs them <laughs> in his fucking thong. <laughs> After the show, he fucking puts them right back on and puts his shoes right back on. Like, what the fuck, man? This is fuck. So fucking, I want to get into uh, Big Black, too, a little bit. I know that, uh, well, maybe we'll get into him a little later, a little more, but uh, he was part of the Chunky Boys. Dude, Which I fucking think was twenty-two a man boobs, man. As some <laughs> twenty-two fucking man boobs with the uh, other buddy song, Bam Bam. Yeah, my man. Bam. Bam, Bam. Remember when they got that fucking uh, fuck? What was that car? Big Black got that fucking car, and <laughs> Bam Bam couldn't get into it at the same time because <laughs> they were so fucking big. Yes. So yeah, okay. So after Robin Big ended, my man Deerdex started in several other MTV reality shows, including. The biggest one, Final Fantasy Factory. Well, arguably, because ridiculousness is fucking huge, too. Yeah, but... Everyone says MTV's just now ridiculousness. You turn MTV on. <laughs> it's <Ridic> true. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, but... Oh, God. Man, I like watching Ridiculous. Ridiculous. If, you know, that was before the TikTok and the YouTube and the shit. Man, you just go and just watch snow, fine, West Coast. Yes. <laughs> ridiculousness is just, like... Ridiculousness was okay, but it'll never be what Tosh point. Yeah, it was a, it was a Tosh rip for sure. I think they had beef over that too. But hey, ridiculousness man. was just like they were competing for money. Dude. I mean, ridiculousness was good. Don't get me wrong, but I think I think like our generation, we got Rob at like the height of you know his shit, like on Fancy Factory. For sure, Rob for sure. Because you could tell once you got legendary. to ridiculousness, he was kind of like. You know, I mean, you could tell, like, the way he was doing shit where he's kind of getting to the point where he's like, I, you know, I kind of don't even want to do this shit anymore. Yeah, really. you can you can kind of tell after a while. That's yeah. true. So, yeah, uh, Fantasy Factory followed him as he built his dream skateboarding facility in Los Angeles. The show featured several celebrity guests, including Bieber, Pharrell Williams, and Ludacris. That Fantasy Factory, dude, at that time, that building cost $750,000. A year. Um, he had 30 employees underneath him as well at that time, working directly for him. This man, the Fantasy Factory, was costing, cost alone, just overhead, $5 million a year. It's fucking wild. This man, it was a full-on skate park with the foam pit, with the fucking sickest offices. Remember them sick-ass offices he had? Mm-hmm. Man, it's just and he literally had everyone in that bit in that bitch, dude. His fucking manager, his stylist, like everyone, dude, was up in that shit. Shit was a big deal, dude. It became a huge money machine for fucking uh, MTV there. Um, however, Deer Duck's work in the entertainment industry was wider than MTV. Like we said earlier, he also appeared in films like Street Dreams and Righteous Kill, which I've never heard of that. Have you? Righteous Kill. Mm-mm. Righteous Kill. Oh. Um, ridiculousness, the TV show, was hosted and created by him, too. The show features viral videos and commentary from Deerdeck and his co-hosts and has become a popular staple of MTV's programming lineup. In addition to his television and entrepreneurial pursuits, Deerdeck has involved, involved in several philanthropic initiatives. He founded the Rob Deerdeck Foundation in 2003, dedicated to building skateboarding parks and helping underprivileged youth. He has also been involved in several other charitable organizations, including the Make-A-Wish and Tony Hawk Foundation. Throughout his career, Deerdeck has won numerous awards and accolades for his contributions to skateboard and entertainment. 
He has been inducted into the Skateboarding Hall of Fame and has re- received several awards for his philanthropic work. Skateboarding Hall of Fame, I wonder where that's at. Can you pull that up? Yeah. El Chito. Um, El Chito Loco. Because um, that's fire, and I want to go to it if it's an actual place that we can go to. Wouldn't that be cool? Hell yeah. I didn't know it exists. Well, Skateboard it? Hall of Fame, Skateboard Museum is in uh, California. Does it Sim Valley. Sim Valley. Silicon Valley? Simi Valley. Simi Valley. Does it say, can you find who's inducted into it? I'm going to check the website. I'd like to see who who all they got up in the... Yo, I'm inducted right. in that shit. Yeah. Man, you ain't inducted in shit. Motherfucker, how you, how you know my past life, gangster? Man, you were nah. one of the bums that you jumped in the whole Tony Hawk games, bro. I don't give a <laughs> Oh, timeline. Uh, while you're looking up that, uh, we'll, we'll talk about... Uh, Deerdak is widely recognized as one of the most influential and famous figures in the skateboarding community. Has helped to share the shape of sport and what it is today. He has been married to his wife, oh Brianna Noel Flores, since 2015. Uh, they first met in 2013 at a toy fair and began dating soon after. They got engaged in April 2015 and married later that same year. The first one uh, ever inducted. And the skateboard hall of fame is Tony Elva. In Tony Elva, nice legend. And then uh, Tony Hawk after him, same year. Of course. Uh, Bruce Logan, same year. Never heard of him. Uh, Bruce Logan began skateboarding in the 1950s on a board he built from a 2x4 and roller skate wheels. That motherfucker. Yes. He that took mo- his organic and inventive passion to the street and became one of the first professional skateboarders. Fuck in yeah. In 1963... As a founding member Damn, of the Mahaka skateboard team, oh, shit. he and Larry Stevenson put together. Hold on. Man, fuck that he and Larry Stevenson put together the Mahaka line of boards. By the mid 1970s, the Mahaka Logan Earth ski team featured Tony Elva, Jay Adams, Torgo Johnson, Bob Benack, Wenzel Rummel, and Bruce. Brad, and Robin Logan, among others. Bruce, also known as the Skateboard Wizard, holds at least 24 titles and was one of the first to put skateboarding on the map as a legitimate sport and way of life. He and his family owned and operated one of the world's biggest skateboarding brands, Logan Earth's Ski, where Bruce's name sold more skateboards than anyone else's during that time. Bobby Light, gonna do you right. They got a ton of people in there. You don't have to go through all them. That's fucking fire, dude. Right. Hang, hang ten right there. Man, That's ma- badass. Man, fuck that motherfucker. My granddad, my granddad had been in his first skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, back then, they'd been in skateboards, but they didn't patent it. Just imagine my grandfather and his friends had been in skateboard. I'd be a rich motherfucker right that'd now. Be, yeah, that'd be fire as fuck. Oh, uh, hold on real quick. Yeah? I just want to mention this because this happens, unfortunately, with a lot of uh, a lot of those skateboarders, big skateboarders. By the mid-80s, Bruce lost his path to drugs and alcohol, but rose again clean and sober with a new outlook on life and three new models on gravity skateboards. Yes. Bruce's past taught him well, and he is now a mentor talking to those on the path from where he's come. Bruce is featured in the documentary Dope, Death, or Prison Eventually. A film that has a track record of began of being an effective message to youth to combat the allure 
and attraction of illegal drugs. On or off his skateboard, Bruce makes an impact on the life of others. When asked what his favorite trick is, he'll tell you the high-speed nose wheelie. Would you expect anything less from the skateboard wizard? <laughs> Very cool. What was the name of that documentary? I'm going to see if I can... Dope. Drugs and jail eventually? Death or prison eventually. Sick. I have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah, they got a lot of cool guys in here. Yo, Dan- uh, Yo Danny Way was in 2009. Yeah, Danny Way, 2009. Another big legend, my man Danny Way. Uh, Broke the land-, land speed record at one point. Sick. With Rob Deerduck. Nice. You remember that time when Rob Deerdeck, uh kickflipped the fucking car? Not off top, no. I remember that. That was that fucking, uh, those little Sonics or whatever. That was the call, the car called. It was a little Sonics, and that became like their whole thing was that those, the reason? car that got kickflipped. Oh, shit. I don't and, remember that for some reason. And uh, Rob Deerdeck did the Against World Record episode. Yeah, I remember that. He's like... You're short. Oh, come on, man. Really? The 2020 <laughs> Chevrolet Sonic. Oh, Josh had one. Josh fell. Oh, no shit. Oh. That's probably why he got it. <laughs> nah, Josh wasn't that cool. <laughs> what is your hate for this guy, man? I don't hate the guy. You literally have never met once. Dude, they're opposing cousins. They're mortal enemies, dude. One side versus other side. Yeah. Uh, the couple has two children together, which I didn't know that. Did you? I did not. I did. Son named. It's been a long time since I've heard sure about Rob. Sure, you did. Chop, sure. A son named uh, Coda Dash and a daughter named Nala Ryan. In addition to his immediate family, uh, Deer Duck has two siblings, Denise and Robbie. Wait, how does he have another sibling named Robbie? R L B B Y. I can read. I see that. But <laughs> Robbie. So one's named Rob. One named Robbie. <laughs> that's pretty yeah, wild, dude. If that's true, the only man. one I ever knew about was a sister. That was the only one you ever see on the shows. Yo, uh, yeah, I remember the sister. Yeah, don't, don't forget George Foreman named all five of his sons George Foreman, Georgina, George Jackson, Joe, 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 Joe. What a fucking guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, he's publicly talked about the importance of family in his life. Uh, Deer Duck's a multi-talented entrepreneur television personality and former professional skateboarder who has impacted the sport through multiple mediums. He continues to be an inspiration to younger athletes. Um, yeah, man, that's wild. I want to get into Street League a little bit, though, because, I mean, Street League is just huge. It's your episode, my homie. I know. Um, so, uh, Street League... International Skateboarding Tournament Series. The league features professional street skateboarders competing for the largest monetary prize in the history of skateboarding. What is it? Like a hundred grand, I think, you win for gold? Uh, let me check. At least, the, I think the first one was. They might have upped it since then, but it's a big fucking payday, man. It's a big deal. Uh, in 2011, the winner, Sean Malto. Malto. Won uh, $200,000. No multiple manual bullshit. He, uh, apparently they all had Nigel Houston to win that year, but Sean Melto upset him. I remember that. And uh-huh. then Houston won in 2012. Uh, he got a watch and ring set from Nixon Watches and a Chevy Sonic. Very cool. 
<coughs> uh, Thrill One Sports and Entertainment currently owns Street League with the SLS brand sitting alongside Nitro Circus, Super Jacket, which are the producers of Ridiculousness, Dude Perfect Show, Deliciousness, The Explosion Show, and Crash Leets, and, and Nitro Rallycross. Uh, Jerusalem Skate Parks designs and builds the SLS courses. The idea for SLS first arose when Rob Deerdeck was dissatisfied with the state of professional street skateboarding competitions. And that's what it really kind of needed was a skateboarder to kind of step in and guide the the process a little bit. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, X Games is always very cool, but skateboarding had gotten so big that it really needed its own World Series, basically. It really did. And it's focused on street skateboarding, which is very fucking cool because you always got the vert fucking thrown in at you. No, I don't want to watch fucking vert skateboarding, dude. I don't know. So maybe it's just me, but dude, I, I was I was never into vert. Dude, either. I love I love vert because you can pull out the six move, you can pull the nine hundred, you can fucking pull the yeah. Push. But I think it's cooler when they pull that shit off on the fucking street. It's more technical on the street, yeah. you know. Um. So yeah, so seeking to address the flaws of the existing system, Deer Deck developed SLS. During its launch in 2010, Deer Duck said it has been a dream of mine to create a professional tour that bridges the gap between street skateboarding and contest skating, which to date has been fragmented and misguided. The inaugural year of SLS featured a four-stop arena tour that began at the Jobbing.com Arena in Glendale, Arizona. Um, the 2011 Super Crown World Championship was Sean Malto, like you said, uh, Blah, 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 blah. In May 2013, the GoPro Camera Company was announced as the official camera sponsor of the 2013 SLS International Tour. Um, GoPro sponsors U.S. contestants Ryan Sheckler and Sean Malto. It was also used to feature the broadcast of the domestic American events, including course previews and real-time impact highlights. So, yeah, it just goes into the winners every year and shit. But the impact on on Street League has just been incredible, man. And it's getting new eyes on the sport. And you're right. Uh, I was just reading along while you were talking about that. It says here that the SLS World Tour also became the main qualifying path for skateboarding at the 2020 Summer Olympics. Right. Yeah, like I said. So they literally paved the way for it to become an Olympic sport. And it's it's crazy just to see, like, in my 30 years of living, like, how far... The shit's come. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's definitely crazy, too, to, like, see, like, the Rob Deerdeck that we grew up with to who Rob Deerdeck is now. You know what I mean? Like, we got, like, Rob Deerdeck and, like, his, like, immature, like, didn't give a shit about, like, money, just blowing shit, just doing, you know, basically living the ki- every kid's dream. To now he's, like, a serious businessman. He's, like, you know, right. putting roots down for his family. He's got, you know what I mean? Like, he's being smart about his shit. Absolutely. But it's crazy because, like, from, like, where we were now to, like you said, near, like, 30 years of living, Rob Deerdeck is still probably just as popular as he was back then. He's just not as much in the limelight as he used to be. Right. It seems like he stepped back and just a little more behind. Yeah, he said he did. I remember reading one uh, somewhere at one point where he said something about how after a while he started to, you know, he said the reality TV and all that shit was just became too much for him. And he said he had to take a step back from it all because it was just, you know... 
Well, he just started one, just focus on like his own life and shit. It's got to be hard, man. Though. Oh, I'm sure. MTV definitely like pumped Rob for as much as they could, dude. After the success of Robin Big, because yeah. literally a year later, then he started Fantasy Factory, right? And then he ran that for seven years. Yeah, they rode that money train for sure. Oh yeah, uh, I'm surprised that his biography didn't mention um, the tragic passing of uh, Christopher Big Black. You know what? Before we get into that, though, I think one of the craziest things for me, like because we grew up watching Robin Big and shit, was all the news that came out after Robin Big ended that Robin, like. Big weren't they? they like, were strange. Yeah, like they bit. they like after the show ended, they kind of like fell out. They had a falling out from each other. Which can uh can you guys hang tight for like one minute? I gotta go take a leak so bad. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, I think uh I think that was one of the biggest things for me is you know that Robin they get such a, a falling out because they were so fucking influential. You know they they're basically brothers. And it's brothers crazy. from another month. Yeah, I heard that too. I heard uh. Big Black and the Rob supposedly fell apart. That's why they didn't connect. That's why you didn't see him before. But then again, Big Black was taking care of his family. That's why he didn't, he didn't really see him as much on Fantasy Factory for the first season. Hmm. Yeah. Well, they also had a falling out, uh, you know, after. Um, well, Rob maintained that they were both paid equally at the time. There were a lot of creative differences that came up between them which led to the end of the show however they reconciled reconciled later and Big Black made an appearance in Rob Deerduck's Fantasy Factory but Fantasy Factory went on for three years before Big Black ever came back he came back in season four yeah and then he was there until the end of the Fantasy Factory but it's crazy you know and then then you know fucking hold on Yeah, that's super crazy. Ow, fuck! <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> I, felt, I, I, I felt that shit in my cojones. That shit was loud, right? Bow, fucking cracked the shit out of my dome, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, yeah, you're getting into the... Um, they, didn't, they kept that under wraps, that they were kind of strange for a while. But when you're... Big Black became proud of his brand during Robin Big and also Fantasy Factory. And I think when you're that closely aligned with somebody after a while. Yeah, well, he said one of the things that he stated, you know, a couple years after, well, before he came back to Fantasy Factory, he stated, you know, one of the things he said was that he was sick of being known as, like, Rob's, like, sidekick. He kind of wanted to be his own thing and do his own thing. And I was was telling Trot before you left that, uh, or before you came back, that Fantasy Factory went on for three years before Big Black ever came back. I mean, he came back at season four. They reconnected, and then he rode it out until the end. Right. You know what I mean? And so then Fantasy Factory guys. ended in 2015. And as far as we know, when it ended, they were still, you know, they were still boys and shit. They're still, right. you know, a part of each other's lives as much as possible. And then, you know, the unthinkable so, happened. Right. Um. So... My man, uh, Big Black, had the, the kid that you you see on uh, Robin Big. What he the, had the child. What the fuck? His daughter. What? I'm just looking at Google Maps. So, well, so what's so special about Google Maps? I'm do. I'm just going in, and when I fucking hit this one part of the picture, fucking tor- teleport me to another section. 
Thanks for adding that to the pod, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, dude. Totally do. Part like a rock star. Uh, so he so he married the the what the mother of his kid, Shannon Turley, in two thousand eight. Although they divorced in two thousand nine, they were living together shortly before Boykin's death due to his worsening health. Their daughter Isis was nine years old when Boykin tragically died in May twenty seventeen. Boykin had a defibrillator implant for his heart. In early May 2017, he was hospitalized in Plano, Texas, and was placed on a heart monitor. On May 9th, his heart stopped. Staff spent 30 minutes trying to revive him, but he was pronounced dead at 4 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Uh, Although initial reports did not mention an official cause, Boykin's heart failure was the result of a heart attack, which you can deduce. Guy was, you know, he was a bigger guy. He was a big guy. For a long time, you know, and... A lot of strain on your on your organs, man. You're carrying all that extra weight around, you know. And it sucks too, because like you texted us, you know, before the episode, telling us about how you were thinking, you know, you were going through like all the old clips and shit, and you're getting, the, you know, it was getting you kind of in the feels and shit. For sure, man. And it's crazy because like, you know, what I mean, even though like Fancy Factory ended so long ago and Robin Big ended so long ago, you know, people who grew up on that shit when they heard about Big Black dying, dude. It literally like. The world's heart broke, you know? I mean, you know, like, still thinking about it now kind of makes me sad that, like, knowing that that dude died at 45. He was one of those bigger-than-life guys, man. Yeah, you man, know? for sure. And Great you know what dude. I mean? He always seemed, like, very happy and for a big fucking monster of a dude. Seemed like he had a heart of gold, you know? Yeah, and there was there was literally groups of friends for years after that show aired that would consider themselves big and Robin Big, you know what I mean? Like, every group had a Robin Big, basically. Like, they became, like, you know, a fucking staple. And oh, when uh, when uh, Rob found out about the news, he had uh, he had wrote on social media, my heart is broken. I don't want to write this post. I don't want to believe that this is reality. I am so thankful for you. Uh, we truly were brothers that lived an unexpected, unforgettable adventure. I just can't th- fathom that it would end so suddenly. You will forever be in my heart. And then he also shared a photo of Big holding Rob's daughter. And he said, I'm so thankful for this moment. Uh, Thank you for being an amazing human being and a brother. That's awesome, man. That's what's up. For sure, for sure, for sure. They should have ducked him just for being like... Yeah, just for being a part of it, you know what I mean? Even in Skate. Yeah, he was... He made an appearance in Skate, too. Right, he was. I feel like he was just as much a part of the scene that Rob was. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. Just those legendary fucking uh, the legendary missions on skate. When fucking doesn't he fucking smash a security guard in the mission too? I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, man, what what a fucking era, dude. That's nostalgia as fuck for me, bro. Hell yeah. Uh, another thing I want to mention was. Is Rob's a, a team guy, bro. It seems like everyone he had around him, he always brought up and put on a pedestal, dude. Drama. He always uh, mentioned drama's beats and shit. That episode about uh, episodes about that. Um, he brought Big Black up, Bam Bam, of course. Uh, Sterling, Chanel West Coast, all people around him. I think Chanel was just like 
a secretary. Yeah, she was. For a, him. He literally hired her as a secretary for the Fancy Factory, and like made it a point to show everybody that like she was a rapper and she, she was trying to be a rapper. Changed the girl's life, basically. Like he literally, dude. Everybody that stepped, basically anybody that spent any time in that Fancy Factory, their life was changed because of Rob. I feel like you know what I mean. Like I, I don't know if. There's a world where fucking Chris Drama Path would have been fucking as big as he is right now if it wasn't for Rob. You know what I mean? Like, Rob even helped him launch Young and Reckless, which was fucking huge at the time. Right. Bro. I totally huge. forgot about Young and Reckless. That was huge when it came out. Oh, yeah. In the 2010s, dude, everyone was wearing that Everybody shit, Everybody was man. wearing that shit, dude. I mean, man, I'd have had that kind of money. I was all broke as a motherfucker. <laughs> but. And then he also fucking put Big Cat on the map, dude, you know, by helping him... Yeah, I watch it. Why wouldn't TV watch him fucking snap his neck in the Fancy Factory? Oh, dude, I forgot about that shit too. In the foam pit, right? Yeah, he was trying to go up the ramp into the foam pit, and he fell and fucking snapped his neck. Holy shit! See if you can bring anything up on that. And he was in the fucking uh, that fucking neck brace forever. Uh, I also want to mention, uh, like, like I said, Stilo. The guy is a Chicago. Was from Chicago and he'd never been on television. And he was working in music with drama. And Deer Duck gave him the opportunity to be on fucking Ridiculousness, man. They could, they didn't have to do that. He could have fucking got anyone he wanted for that show, but instead he decided to use the people around him to, to mm-hmm. uplift them in their careers, which is fucking pretty dope, man. No. They, uh... I always find it hilarious, too, like, when I go back and watch, like... When I go back and, like, rewatch uh, Fancy Factory... It's so funny when, uh, in like, you know, one of the last episodes when Rob announces to everybody that he's closing the factory for good, and Stila's like, what the hell, man? I just got here. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking, um, I'm trying to think of some some good Rob and big moments. Like you said, there's... He, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. There's the, uh, the mini horse, of course. Fucking, uh, you know, their dog. The bulldog. Meaty. Meaty, Meaty, yeah. Uh, the legendary picture of uh, Rob, Big, and Meaty doing the death row. Yeah, fucking shit. They also had uh, they also had that episode where he bet uh, Big Black to sleep outside in a tent. Remember, and then fucking Rob climbed up on the wall, and jumped on the tent while he's sleeping, and all you see is that image of fucking Black trying to pull himself out. The first episode like opens up uh, with fucking Big in the pool, and he's just wearing a fucking jock strap, <laughs> a, a socks the, and jock. Remember, they literally had their fucking pool drained, and they had that mural painted on the bottom of it, of all of them. They even had the yeah, mural across dude, the back yeah, wall, I dude, know. of all of them. When they dress up as old ladies for that cereal company they did. Yeah, I remember that. Bobby Light. Bobby Light was fucking incredible huge. Getting, fucking episode. getting uh, Big Black's fucking crazy uncle to come be on the hook. Oh, yeah. You're a guy. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, yeah. his, wasn't his uncle like a crackhead or something? <laughs> something like that. He was like drunk. Remember he kept like hugging him goodbye and ch- trying to kiss Rob? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Rob was like, all right, all right, uncle, all right. It's good to see him. He's like, ah, oh, Rob, I love you, man. I love you, Rob. I, I love you, man. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that one. That's a good one, dude. Uh, but, yeah, the episode uh, where uh, Big Big Cat breaks his neck, it's a fantasy character episode called Get With Your Power Animal. Uh, and the episode's all about Rob wanting to jump Ken Block's uh, rally car over 100 feet. 
Another legend, Ken Block. Yeah. R.I.P. Died. Yeah. And uh, so they're fucking around in the thing, you know, and then Big Cat wants to get launched into the foam pit. So he has one of the guys pull him on a motor scooter towards the ramp of the foam pit. Uh, but he slips, slams into it extremely hard, and the ambulance is called, and he's taken away. And he returns later with a neck brace on uh, and can't really do much. So Rob gets him a little scooter to get around. <laughs> and it has a giant lion's head on the front of it. And this is when Rob yes. decides that he needs to find out what his power animal is based on what some shaman tells him. <laughs> and this is where it gets real strange because Rob's power animal is an orca. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Remember dude. he starts making the orca sound yes. when he fucking jumps the car? He's like, <laughs> Yeah, fucking hilarious. But yeah. That was like, I feel like that was one of the biggest like crazy moments in Fantasy Factory when that dude broke his neck. Because other than that, it was always like laughs and shit. Yeah, yo, that was like a big series. Well, except for that time that Rob accidentally hit Chanel in the face twice with a dodgeball. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, that, that was uh, literally twice. That was the episode uh, Fantasy Factory versus uh, Do Perfect. Was it? Yeah. Oh yeah, that makes sense, right? When he kicked the fucking dodgeball and it went smacked Chanel right yo, how about, how the, hard as fuck. Yo, how about the times they were in, the, in his office like, I gotta come with something big. He looked at his skateboard like, hey, how about this? I know what we're doing today. Cat, drama. Come in, we gotta meet him. Oh, yeah, when they built the world's largest skateboard. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Joe C and the magic goatee, baby. For legend. Yo, um, yeah, they had Bobby Light in the, and he's like, all right. I remember when Bob Blade was all this. Let's make a fat version of it. Yeah, that was Bobby. when Big Black came back to <laughs> yeah. the... Uh, Big Black came back to the Fantasy Factor, and yeah. that's when they made Blobby Light. Yo, matter, yes. of, fact, matter of fact, um, Cheetah is like... Like when the new episode of uh, Fantasy Factor come on. Uh, I was like, dude, this shit's funny as hell. I watched it. It's like, oh, fuck, me. I wonder <laughs> if I could find the song. Dude... I try to hold it in. I try to hold it in. Lord Jesus, I try to hold it in. I can't. I might be able to find it on YouTube, maybe. Should we fucking risk it, dude? What? Should we risk playing the song right now? Yeah, just talk over it. Or you can always put on a uh, closed caption. Mute your phone. And we talk over that. Classic. Classic. Super classic, dude. Fucking banger, too, dog. <laughs> How do Your you Honor? Bleed? Your Honor? Chunky as charged. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Right. Put it up to the mic. Can't really hear it. Oh, little pig. As charged. <laughs> it's got me feeling so right. <laughs> need a tumble down. Yes. Fucking <laughs> classic, dude.
is low chunky as chunk. It's low key a banger though, dude. dude it really is, dude. I, I still like Dirty Girls better, but there's literally that episode of Robin Big where they do the fucking uh, the Bobby Light concert in like Mexico or whatever. Remember that? No. I yeah, don't. dude. Where did people show up for it? Yeah, they just like went to some random fucking bar and started doing. They started doing uh, the Dirty Girl song, but they. <laughs> I think I think I remember like Rob trying to remember trying to learn how to do it in Spanish. Oh shit! Yeah, that's pretty fucking funny. Uh, also in that fucking that episode where they did the Guinness Book World Records, fucking um, Big Black got in on a couple too. Yeah, he got uh, eaten once, banana, something with bananas and yeah, then powdered, powdered donuts. donuts. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I wonder if those still stand. I'm going to look that up right now. That's Rob Deerdeck. Yeah, those was good times, man. One of my favorite... Uh, I think Rob and Big also had fucking great cold opens, too. Their cold opens were fucking unmatched, man. What do you mean by cold open? Like their like the opening of their episodes before the theme, before like the, the oh, intro started. Did you? Uh... Yeah, it was always something great. I remember the one where they're in the fucking uh, going through the car wash, and they're listening to that, "Do You Know" by Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> and Rob's like, "Do you know? Do you? Do you?" And then they start dancing, and when they roll out, he's like, "Never talk about that again." <laughs> fucking great. Uh, shit. Yeah, man. Can you just, can you imagine, like, living that life for a second? Like, just imagine it's, like, all three of us, and we own this fucking gigantic factory with a skate park in it. We can just, our only job for the day is just figure out something to film to make an episode. That'd be fucking, that's literally, that'd be, like, the dream, dude. Dude, that's a charmed-ass life, bro. Hell yeah. Shit, I'll push that motherfucker, I'll push, I'll push, she's in the motherfucking phone pit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a funny story. Uh, me, Cheetah, and our, our boy Tom, we, we just said I went to Sky Zone, and I got stuck in the pulpit. And for like 20 minutes, and the guy's like, there's a ladder there, by the way. You know, they literally had, you to, they had to shut down the thumb pit, dude, to help out, because we had to help get this dude out, because he was stuck. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Yes. So, uh, uh, Cheetah, you're an ordained minister. Damn right. He's technically goddamn right. No, he's fucking. He's, he's got te- the paper. He he technically is. No, I am. That's official. Where's your paperwork? I seen it before. It. You did have it. Uh, actually, Rob is a fucking uh, ordained minister as well. Yeah, he got ordained to uh, officiate his th- his sister's Denise's wedding. It's a universal life church, I guess. Yeah, that's where I went to. Is it? Yeah, that's <laughs> He took a page out of his book, huh? Mm-hmm. You're damn right I did. Anything else you guys I think one of the last uh, records that uh, Rob set was, uh, he, uh, fuck, I just had it, hold on. Oh, in the final episode, he set one of the longest reverse ramp jump by a car, 89 feet. Sick. That's fucking far. Yeah, that is pretty, going reverse, too. That's badass, dude. He was literally was living it? like a kid's dream, dude. Yeah. I remember when me and fucking, uh, me and my buddy Henry were kids, man, when Fancy Factory, 
around the time Fantasy Factory happened, that's when Walmart or yeah, that's when Walmart moved from Porter to over to where they are now. And I remember the building just sitting there forever. And me and him used to have this dream that we were gonna buy it, and we were gonna turn it into a Fantasy Factory of our own. We were gonna have a fucking zip line, fucking <sighs> foam pit, all that good shit. Got to, dude. It was badass. So if I ever got the money, I would do that shit in a heartbeat, dude. Imagine the business you'd get, especially around here. There's like nothing cool for kids, dude. Imagine the business you'd get. Oh, like a winner? No, you put that in your, you put that towards like downtown area. Yeah, I put it at fucking Walmart, dude. Perfect. Perfect spot. No, no the best place. Kids would come from fucking high school. Boom. I, I don't want kids from high school. Why not? I, I, they got fucking cash in hand. <laughs> Anybody could come. I don't give a fuck. Jews. Everybody. I don't give a shit as long as you got money. Yeah, th- yeah this would be a good spot, but have where the turtles are downtown, this would be the best spot. because Why? You know, so it could get vandalized? Wow. Look at the snow park, though. That thing yeah. was a travesty. Remember that shit? Yeah. Of course I do. I remember so- all my friends told me how cool they thought you were because you worked there. Hey man, I got pushed by a brother today at the snow park. I'd be like, eh, should have pushed you a little harder. Fucking ass. I used to spin the shit out of motherfuckers, dude. I remember. <laughs> Good old smoking Joe Ho. So, what's our boy up to uh, these days? Everybody After... worked for that guy once in their lives, at right? At some point, yeah. Not me. Bitch, you still work for him, kind of. Nah, he's Tuscarora. Big difference. Yeah, well, you work for a fucking Indian, don't you? Excuse me. He's he's put, definitely got his hand in it because he owned Legends. He used to come in Legends all the time. He's definitely got his hand in it. Not not the casino. There are two different tribes. Uh-huh. The casino is owned by the uh, Seneca Nation. He's Tuscarora. Mm. Part of Six Nations. Oh. Sorry, sir. We didn't know. Forgive us. Yeah, We're he not kn- worthy. He knows it all. Um, so after decades of working as a pro athlete and media personality, Deer Deck now runs the Deer Deck machine, which helps other pro entrepreneurs get his get their start. See, this the basically like giving a think back, tank, bro. Yeah, 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 right. Uh, the mean, machine itself, I launched in 2016. I had before the machine been a serial entrepreneur and built 13 different companies up until that point to various stages using operating partners to finance. In 2016, I wanted to create a business that solely created business. My true passion was going through the process of ideating, creating, and launching a business, but I didn't want to operate them all. So the formula was essentially co-found them, found them with great partners, and then help advise them. And then they go on and cooperate and build these businesses. The guy's smart, man. He built a fucking, fucking empire. Yeah, he's a genius. His kids are going to be set for life, that's for sure. So now you don't see him as much in the public spotlight, but our he, man's he, out there working. You, bro. Still, you still see him in the public spotlight. Oh, do you? Ridiculous. Five episodes. Reruns. No, there are actually new ones. Yeah, well, don't worry. He'll leave that show soon, too. He don't need it. That shit's just background money yeah. at this point. Guess what starts next week? Or the 23rd? Futurama. Can't fucking wait. Nice. Yeah, man. Fucking Robbie D, man. I might have to listen to some Dirty Girl after this, dude. Great song. I got that song stuck in my head now. She's a dirty girl. Yeah, man. Fucking Robbie D, man. What an icon, dude. 
literally, you know, fucking watch that guy's story, man. He's got a great story, for sure. Also, I feel like I'd be failing here if I didn't mention, before we left, the fucking I'm an Alien episode from Fantasy Factory. Probably one of the best Fantasy Factory episodes ever. When Rob is convinced that he's an alien, and that he's going to get in contact with aliens to come and pick him up from Earth. He says his goodbyes to everyone. Well, first... He builds a giant alien workshop logo on the roof of the fantasy factory. <laughs> then he says his goodbyes to everyone, and he goes up there to wait to be taken home, as he says. And he just stands there. As the credits roll, the camera's panning out, and he's just like, I'm, well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Yeah, it's fucking got hilarious, a, dude. Definitely an exception, uh, obsession with uh, aliens, oh, yeah. for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Him and fucking Tom DeLonge should go into business together, man. Right? So, yeah, fucking great guy, man. Did a lot for the sport. Gotta love him, you know? Yeah, man, fucking huge. What do you think, boys? A solid episode. Oh, yeah. Five out of five. What do you want to... Guys, got anything else you want to get out the way before we uh, cut this thing short besides that? Cause it's short, my ass. Holy shit! What is it? Uh, oh my god! <laughs> One hour, twelve minutes. One hour, twelve minutes. Sounds perfect, boys. Yeah, man. Uh, no, I don't really got anything to say before we go. Other than you know, uh, obviously, it, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that Hollywood is still officially on strike. Yeah, those motherfuckers are still getting paid for their shit getting streamed, regardless. No, they're not. They don't get any residuals for their shit getting streamed. That's why they're on strike. I know, uh... The girl that worked on fucking Orange is the New Black, she got paid $300 for fucking... What? Like a month of filming that show. That's wild. The main character? No, one of the side characters, but still. And they don't get any residuals for the streaming that it does after the show ended. They don't get anything for that. I know on uh, on Spotify. Yeah, well, Spotify and fucking movies are a completely different thing. Pal. You fucking make things weird. And they also, one of the big things they're protesting or striking about is that these studios were threatening people with the use of AI. They were what? literally telling people that they were going to, they were going to use AI to, like, take, like, pictures of, like, people's like background characters' faces, and then use that person's face for fucking eternity without ever paying them for it. <laughs> so that's, that's why a lot wild. of people were like, "Fuck that! We're not do- we're not doing that. We're not going to agree to that." Just get a library of fucking faces, and then they can just recreate it with AI. Dude, even the dude who wrote fucking Terminator is telling you that AI is evil. You should probably fucking listen. This AI shit. That's what I'm saying. It's a fucking crazy time to be alive right now, man. A lot of lot of fucking big shit changing. Big shit popping. It's shit only going to get worse, dude. Because there's there's companies right now that the longer the strike goes on, they're losing like six hundred thousand dollars a day because these product their productions have to be shut down and shit. You know what I mean? All these movies are being shut down. Yeah, or Netflix just spent shit. like like two like fucking three hundred million or something on a a He Man fucking live action movie, and then they just fucking canceled it because of the strike. So now they're out all that money. Yo, uh, but it's helping these out these voice actors. Like I just met a voice actor yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it's called scabbing. To still work while the rest of everybody else is on no. strike, that's called scabbing. 
Instead of him having like 10 jobs, he's having 20 now because of this. Yeah, that's called scabbing. You'll work while somebody else is on strike. Yo, these com- these companies are going to pay that. They're going to pay scabs. That's how, that's how like, when the union... Yeah, it doesn't make it right, no though. No shit, dude. doesn't make it right, though. That's like if the NFL went on strike and people started fucking working anyways. They'd be scabbing. Be considered being a scab. Yeah, union people don't like that shit. No. <laughs> that's literally what I was just saying. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. You guys ready? Yep. All right, we'll before before we head out of here... Sensory, join us. Before we head out of here, though, I got one last question, you guys. Did you really do everything kind? 